Okay. Uh, Zivon did not like it. <laughs> no, just let, just shoot from the hip. Okay. Hello, and welcome back to Famous Last Words, a filmmaking podcast. Ooh, is that our new theme song? Yes. No. In addition to our theme song? It's our secondary theme song. Ooh, I like a secondary mm-hmm. theme song. Mm-hmm. You know who else doesn't know how to have a good intro to things or like not a consistent intro? The Bear, which happens to be the show that we're talking about this re- week, created by Christopher Storer. Storer, Storer. Um, sorry if I mispronounce your name and you're listening to this. Um, the, yes, he is. <laughs> as 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 you all are, the industry's standard podcast, famous last words, <laughs> uh, as told by Andrew, Andrew Risa, who are not married. No, no. Oh, what? We're not married. When did that happen? <laughs> who are not blood relatives? <laughs> We're married. We're married. We're gonna need a new bit. Yeah, someday. <laughs> when we. You know, when we get up to to that magic number, we'll stop the bit. So you better subscribe. Like a hundred. Got to get to a hundred. <laughs> um, okay, so we're talking about the bear. The bear has an intro, and we're going to play it now because uh, the whole show is kind of an intro. Twenty-five pounds? No, no, no. I ordered two hundred. What is beef? You still got that meat connector? We get twelve fifty for that on eBay. Boom. You cut vegetables like a bitch. Not system. System, baby. System. System. This is your brother's house. I was running it fine without you. Why didn't he leave it to you then? So, yes, the bear. And the reason why I say it's an intro, because um, Mr. Storer, Christopher Storer, Storer, Christopher Storer has said that the first like nine episodes of season one, the first seven episodes of season one, is an intro. It's a preamble to his epic. If you couldn't tell already, this is going to be an episode where Andrew hates all over the bear, and I give some good points about it. <laughs> you could have characterized that a little differently. <laughs> but I'm excited. Let's get into it. Uh, <clears throat> okay, Teresa, you go ahead. You have more to say than I do. Okay. This I want to talk about this show on the podcast because it frustrates me so much because I like it and I want to like it more, but I also kind of hate it. <laughs> and a lot of things I hate are the things that you're going to bring up as well. But um, I think it frustrates me because this show and some of the things that happen to it happens in it and some of the emotions stick with me and I think about it and I want it to be better because the rest of the show is kind of a mess. It's a little bit tonally off. Um, The characters, some of them are good and pretty consistent, but most of them I would say are not consistent at all. And it's just kind of messy storytelling, messy filmmaking, but there's so much heart in it. And like the heart I think is what sticks with me and Mm -hmm. what I wanted like, I wanted the mess to get cleared so that you could focus on, like, the parts where they did it really well. Yeah. One of my favorite um, bands of all time is The Velvet Underground. And the reason why everyone loves The Velvet Underground is because they made it seem like anyone can do it. This show, when it's at its best, is like The Velvet Underground. It feels like it's really tangible filmmaking that anyone could do. If you And, like, my our friend Thad said it best. Yeah, it's like some, some uh, like, undergraduates made it. 
like they're just trying it and trying everything all at once and like mm -hmm. you know that's what the show is i mean there's like sometimes quick cuts sometimes long takes sometimes this sometimes that sometimes they do you know episodes where you'd only see one of the characters you know like they really are trying everything which is exciting and nice and i kind of i appreciate that it feels like you know a velvet underground song yeah no i agree like they threw a lot of pasta at the wall and like saw what stuck and mm -hmm. i'm be interested to see what happens with season three i don't um, i don't think they'll get a season if, three i mean it's pretty popular i think that the strike is gonna oh yeah everything. that's true well if we get a season three i'd be interested to see if like they found their voice a little bit more or if they just really like this experimenting thing or like being kind of all over the place but i mean you're right like the other thing that sticks with me about this show is that People liked it, me included. I think I did like it. I didn't, it's not like the best thing I've ever seen. So it proves that like your show or your movie does not need to be perfect, does not need to follow like filmmaking standards, be executed great to interest people, to be a good story, to be enjoyed, to have people feel things. I think this fit, like this TV show did achieve some of those emotional feelings in a bunch of different places not always they have they have a ridiculous music budget um and so the show also creates a lot of its feelings through using songs you know yeah that's true that's not what i noticed but you're right so the thing i think it does really well with like that i was talking about that the emotion is it does handle some of the family relationships and like what it feels like to try to escape this messy family that you have um and actually like go off and try to do your own thing and then you end up somewhat overcompensating and you're not really the person that you actually are and you're like this kind of facade of a person because you're trying so hard not to be like your family members and so i think they like they do handle you know him living under the shadow of an alcoholic mother and a brother who's a drug addict and like the real it seems very very real like yeah someone in his life he's pulling from real life here so yeah. or someone is um and so i think that's the parts those are the parts that really resonated and felt very like truthful and yeah. based in character and emotions and uh yeah i mean i i thought it, i i mean it may seem like I'm, i hate the show i don't hate the show I think that Ebon Moss uh, uh, Bachrock is the soul of the show, the cousin Richie. Does he? Does he from Girls? <laughs> Does he from Girls? I think he's like the best part of this show for me. Mm -hmm. Like, he is just, uh, he's the character you sympathize with the most, with you hate the most, whatever. I thought that Sydney and Jeremy Allen White's character, uh, Ayo Ebery, Eid Burry. Oh, sorry. Sorry. The character that plays Sydney and the character that plays the main character. Carmichael or Carmi. Car Carmi. I, I could care less. I mean, I like Carmi. I feel like Carmi okay. works. It's, he's, he's, he's okay. The, his cousin is better. Yeah. Desi. Uh, Desi, which is what we called him the entire time. <laughs> um, and I think it's because Desi goes through a real change. Yeah. And people like stories where characters go through a change and you're along for the ride with them. And he's a really, really good supporting character for that reason. And I feel like they try to make Kermie go through a change, but it's all fake. Well, they handle his girlfriend, love of his life, 
one that got away terribly. Very terribly. That's one What's of my... her name, Karen? I don't remember. But that's how matter. important she is. But she's the whole... As a character. But she's his whole reason for his existential crisis in season two. Yeah. No, it's terrible. She's just like manic pixie girl plot device. Like, right. And then they're like, but they're... She's like, oh, but she works in the ER and she's smart because and she's, but she's pretty and she doesn't wear glasses anymore. So she's like much better looking. You know, it's like all the bad things wrapped into one. Right. We have as many scenes of her being a quote unquote doctor as she, there are of her not wearing pants. <laughs> so that's my big problem with how women are treated in this show. And it's not because they're stereotypical or they always fall into the same like plot holes of like manic pixie girl sidekick blah 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 like no it's because they think they're doing something different and they're not they're still falling into some of these traps but they're being all like see aren't we doing something different and it just drives me insane and the big one is sydney like I feel so frustrated because I want to like Sydney's character and I like her like she's the main female lead and it's well acted. She's very yeah, well acted. It's not has nothing to do with her. It's like the actor. It has to do with the way she's written. And it's because like she's supposed to be second in command, but she's not like a confident typical like fake it till you make it kind of like woman in command. And, like, I want more stories about awkward, funny, weird women in power who aren't doing it in, like, the most straightforward path, but are, like, succeeding, even if they fail. Right. And, like, you feel like you almost get that, and, like, that's what they're trying, but they just, she has, she's seen as powerless, like, awkward to a fault, not even, like, awkward, you know, like, to like, be endearing. Like, some of her chip decisions that the character has to make because of the way it's written like don't hold together from scene to scene sometimes yeah i i just want and her like, to be half like the time she's in the wrong but the show is just like well we can't be mean to her exactly and so carmy apologizes for everything which is maybe his character but i at the same time like i don't know i mean they did get that nice sweet moment where he tells her about like his friend and they do the sign language for sorry mm-hmm. like asl and you know, they start doing it later in the show when they're mad at each other and it's or after like apologizing for getting up in each other's faces. And it's very sweet. And I do like that part. But it's just like there's so many parts times where I'm just frustrated with her. And, you know, eventually they, you know, Desi has to come in and, and save, save the day and save her. And I'm just like, all right, I like that they built Desi's character towards this area, but like he shouldn't be saving her. Like now that just belittles, belittles her even more, and I don't the, like the it. The guy who's a fucking mess had to come and save her because she's yeah. a woman and couldn't handle the pressure of it. Actually, yeah. The guy, and- the guy who shoots his gun off in the air and <laughs> shoots his mouth off at every chance he gets. Right. So. And I see what, things I, online that are, like, the complete opposite interpretation of this. Like, people are like, no, she's a great, well-written woman, and, like, good for them, good for the bear. And I'm like, really? Because, like, we're showing a woman in power who's doing a shit job, and, like, not even in a I'm failing, but I get up again kind of thing. It's like, oh, someone had to come bail me out. So, a man. A man. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too feminist or whatever, but... 
I, I felt it too. I mean, like, I like the when Desi takes over because I like that's the only character I like mm-hmm. um, in the show. Um, but yeah, no, I think that was that was not great. I think so. The show probably people think the greatest episode of the show, episode of the show is the Christmas episode. It is very good, and it is very very good. It loses its way a little bit. The camera work makes some poor decisions at the climactic point where it's like really close on them with wide angle mm-hmm. lenses and it like doesn't quite work. It's like you know the guy who plays Michael, the brother um, John Barenthal. Um, he, yeah, I mean, it's just like it's really close on the face and on close on Bob Odenkirk, and I just think it doesn't it doesn't work. It doesn't work. But the rest of the episode is very interesting. I don't think it's the greatest episode of the show. I thought it was mm. for a while. I think the greatest episode of the show is the Desi and Olivia, Olivia Coleman episode. I agree too. And one flaw you pointed it out. I don't like when the show goes off with other characters, except for Desi. This episode is great. Like. I think they could have just stuck with Carmi and Desi as the only two characters they go off with. Right. Yeah, no, I, I thought so. And it, the reason why that works so well is because we care about Desi, even though he's a fucking dirtbag. Mm-hmm. Um, but the episode where we follow the Marcus, the pastry chef, um, mm-hmm. it just, it's like, oh, his mom's dying. Oh, but he's made the perfect dessert, but his mom's dying. And it's just like, it just doesn't work the same well. And Will Poultner is a fantastic at- actor. He plays opposite Marcus in that episode in the one where they go to Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Um, but Olivia Coleman fucking nails it. They're just sitting there peeling potatoes or whatever. And yeah. She's amazing. She's amazing. I do like in that episode that you you hear her name and you assume she's a man. At least I did. I knew it was Every- Olivia Coleman. I had no idea, actually. So I just assumed this fancy pants chef that taught him everything or yeah because he yeah does he goes to mm-hmm. the same yep was a man i just assumed it and so of course you get there and it's living coleman and she's a woman i was just like oh nice so yes they did a good job with that and it tells you so much about desi by him being in this like i don't know i just think it's a great moment it's the greatest moment of the show mm-hmm. and the uh, the second greatest moment of the show is also in that episode it's when he's wa- and again we talked about this in the paul newman in the verdict episode is and we talked about it about reactions mm. is he is listening to the mater d of the fancy pants olivia coleman restaurant he's listening to like the mater d or like the head of the kitchen comp the meal of the waiters who of the teachers who have been saving the, their money to go to the super fancy restaurant it's something they've always dreamed of going they've done research on it they know they comp their meal and to me that's like the moment that works for Desi's character that like to me is maybe the greatest moment of the show is like Mm -hmm. he realizes like the power that food can have to change real people not just snobs and douchebags the whole business and everything that Carmi is trying to do clicks for him like he's like the whole time he's resisting he's like this is stupid this is dumb because he wants to be connected to working people yes exactly yeah he's like they're snobby blah 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 and then he gets it like, yeah. Yeah. So there's moments like that. This is what frustrates me so much about this show is because like there's such good things. Can you just do that across like all 12 episodes or however many? The beginning of each season is trash. Yeah. It like gets so much better towards the end. And then it. I was like, oh, great. At the end of first season one, I was like, great. This show really picked up, found its vibe. Like, let's get into season two and it'll be even better. And then it was just like, nope, garbage again for like four episodes. And then it starts getting better. 
And the whole plot device of the of the tomatoes in the cache was good. Oh yeah, I like that. That was very clever. Yeah. So I I don't want to say I don't want to diminish like filmmaking is hard and when we criticize things it's not because we're saying you we, suck we and you we could do better. It's just like we are an outsider perspective and you the things that I love criticizing more the are ones where you see like they have really great moments and they execute really well and you're like can't you just keep doing that because I see that you can do this. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a great video we watched about on YouTube about the editors. There's interviews with the editors of the show. I mm. highly recommend listening to that if you're interested because the editing of the show is excellent all the time. Yeah. And I like, again, we couldn't do better and if I made this show, I'd tell myself to go shut the fuck up. But um, <laughs> like, I do like, I think you should watch the show if you're young and you're trying to get into it and you want to try things because I like, I love the experiment of trying things. I just think sometimes and here comes the pun. It gets lost in the sauce. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've been recommending this show to people, even though I, what I say is it's not a perfect show, but I liked it. It has heart. A number of people on Instagram I saw said that the show is literal perfection, incarnate or whatever. They're like, I've, I've never been moved to tears and laughed so quickly back and forth. That's the know. things that really the, trigger Andrew. The, the, those <laughs> things really trigger me because can it just be okay? Or pretty good. Or pretty good. And this one's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Um, Mailbag? Mailbag. Okay. This is from Tommy the Mountain Manheimer. Um, What's your favorite Alfred Hitchcock film and why? Oh, this is why you're Googling Alfred Hitchcock earlier. (laughs) No, no, because I was watching The Wrong Man without sound on, and I was just like, which one is it with Henry Fonda? Oh, okay. (laughs) All right, my favorite Alfred Hitchcock film. Wow, this is hard because I grew up with Alfred Hitchcock. I love I love his films. Um, I mean, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast. The one I always love and go to is Rear Window, though I don't think it's his best. Um, I also really love Vertigo. But Real, Rear Window is just so, I don't know. It's, it's a murder it's mystery. Classy, joint. classy. It's like my comfort film. It's a good one. Um, I would say my favorite is the one I've seen the most is Sus- Suspicion. Um, Cary Grant and Joan Fontaine. Um, and probably not the best. It kind of like doesn't mm-hmm. it, it doesn't stick together super well. But I I like always loved it. The scene where Cary Grant brings the glass of milk up the up the stairwell and it's like is a poison it does it not? I also like Cary Grant playing a bad guy, which he didn't do yeah very much. Um, because he did it so well. Uh, North by Northwest is my favorite score of all of all his movies. You know, I think the score to North by Northwest is excellent. But my favorite is probably, and I'm a basic bitch, Psycho. Psycho is so good. So good. Yeah. I mean, all the reasons. Yeah. <laughs> it's a perfect film. I like Rope. I like Rope. I think Rope doesn't get enough love. I want to rewatch Rope. I haven't seen it since I was a kid, which might be weird that a kid is watching that film but whatever whatever <laughs> well well we we love alfred hitchcock and thanks lumberjack no tommy please. the mountain manheimer oh sorry mountain man not lumberjack yeah thanks tommy yeah thank you so much for listening if you have a question send a 20 dollar bill to one famous last words plaza and uh we'll answer your question Or leave us a review and like our podcast. Or any of those things. Send money. Definitely. Subscribe. Bye. Bye.